Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! Remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. It is Tuesday, October the 15th, 2019. And, yeah, we've got a couple of more days till football, but that doesn't mean we don't have something to quench our thirst for sports investing we got two baseball games today we got afternoon baseball why is the Yankees I have no idea but still four o'clock it is uh it is coming we'll take a look at those games but we had baseball last night we also had a Monday night football game the single biggest bet most bet game of the week and Monday nights usually are that especially when you're dealing with Divisional uh, divisional uh, rivals there like Detroit and Green Bay. A lot of money on the line last night. And, of course, controversy here on a Tuesday morning, which is what we love. And welcome in here to The Grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. We look to make it rain for you here today. And we'll start last night with... Well, we'll start backwards. Here's what it sounded like at the very end of the game. Along this summer and now to play hero again. And there it is. Walk it off and win it for Mason Crosby. Yep, first time in 13 years Mason Crosby had a chance to do the actual Lambeau leap. Kind of hard to believe he's been here 13 years. But yes, uh, he chip shot in there. 23-yard field goal at the end. Time expires. Boom. The Green Bay Packers end up winning this game by one point. That's correct, one point. And we will get to uh, the ramifications of that. But it was everything that happened the eight minutes prior to that field goal, which is what everyone is going to talk about here this morning, including, yes, the referees who not once, twice made calls yesterday on the Detroit Lions defensive lineman there, Trey Flowers, who got called twice for hands to the face, a very common penalty that we hear at often. And uh, what makes it common is because it's usually very, you can't hide it. It's either hands to the face where your face is right in the guy's grill or your hands right in his his grill, or it's not. Um, But you don't expect two to be called within Oh, I don't know, six or seven minutes that help extend drives for the Green Bay Packers that allowed them to erase a, oh, I don't know, a 22 to 13 deficit. Yes, not one, but twice he got called for hands to the face. And in both times, I thought Booger McFarland was going to lose his lunch on the telecast because he was pointing out and whoever that rules expert was who was trying to be diplomatic about it. But ultimately, they all came to the same conclusion. Uh, You can't throw that flag when it is blatantly obvious that, no, there was no hands to the face. But it was those calls and the plays that happened afterwards giving extra life to Aaron Rodgers. That's what everybody's going to be talking about, that the refs did it again 
to the Detroit Lions. And if you're the league here, Dane, I don't know what you're going to come out with and say. It's one thing if this is a 4 o'clock game and nobody's watching it on a Sunday. Uh, This is a primetime, most heavily bet game in the universe. Everybody's watching, and oh, yeah, not one but twice you called the same guy with the same penalty, and neither one of them were real. I, I don't know where they go from here. I really don't. Morning, Joe. Good morning, degenerates here on Make It Rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. I'm of two minds of this. Yes, um, illegal hands to the shoulder <laughs> should not be a penalty in the NFL, and that's what happened against Trey Flowers not once but twice. Um, but at the same time, Joe, you know, I look at stuff on the field also. It's not like Detroit was converting in the red zone. Matt Prater had five field goals in this game, right? If he has three and they convert one of those red zone trips to a touchdown, we ain't talking about this, okay? You know, if guys like on Johnson can punch it in, if Matthew Stafford can deliver the ball, if, Kerryon, uh, if um, Kenny Galladay can catch a ball in the end zone, we ain't talking about this. Yes, those were egregious. Yes. But, you know, I mean, we could pick out and spot pick moments pretty much of any game. The fact that this was prime time, the fact that this was national TV, the fact that this was a one point game and the fact that this all went to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, a public team, I think is what is starting to generate this. Remember, the Packers were also involved with the Seattle Seahawks right before they brought the real refs back. Remember when Mm -hmm. the refs were on strike on a nationally spotlighted Monday night game on that play in the end zone in Seattle. So, I mean, what is you ask what's going to happen? The league's going to come out and do one of their little letters or they'll apologize or they'll acknowledge that they got it wrong. The same way in the NBA, they have the two-minute report and they'll say, yep, we got it wrong and we'll keep it moving. I think it's hard for Detroit now at 2-2-1. Two, two and one. They had a tie against Arizona where they were up big in that game. They lost to Kansas City on a game where a lot of people thought they should have won. They hung in there. There was a 100-yard fumble return. And then they lose like this on the road to Green Bay. This 2-2-1 Detroit Lions team is still good, Joe. And you know what? I think there's going to be efficiencies betting on their side the rest of the year. Yes, and and I agree with that. I I agree with all of that. The fact that uh, you are never going to be able to point to just one thing in a football game that says that's the reason why we lost. There's multiple reasons why people lose. However, again, the proliferation of legalized sports betting and millions upon millions of dollars that are being Well, put on the line in order to be able to get calls right, it kind of blurs the lines here a little bit. Because in today's day and age, the NFL, the one thing they haven't done well is bridge that gap between what happens on the field and what we see in 4K and in HDTV. And they have not... And it's not because the technology doesn't exist that they can't get the calls right. No, the technology's too good, Joe. Yeah, but it's not that they can't utilize it to get the calls right. They're continuing to fight it, and they're continuing to use the whole, oh, our bad, it's too, you know, it's unfortunate, but, hey, we're we're just going to keep pushing forward. Well, tell that to the, you know, the hundreds of millions of dollars that just, you know, transferred from people's pockets to either the books or the books to the pockets because you blew the call when you had an opportunity to get it right. That's the problem. At what point do you go, 
the call is more important to get right, right. than all the other crap. The human we'll error in this. sports doesn't help when you got money. Yeah, on the not, it doesn't, but they're going to have to do something at some point. We'll figure out what that is. We'll come up with our suggestions next here on Make It Rain. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Waking up here this morning, scratching their head, going, I either can't believe what happened last night or, whew, God, it's good to see that these things even out in the long run. Just depends on whether or not you had the over 46, 47 points or the under. And, oh, yeah, did you have Green Bay or did you have Detroit? Did you take the money line? Did you take the points? It's why they mm-hmm. call it gambling. And given everything equal, if this was just a simple game that ended with one team clearly beating the other team, we wouldn't be having the kinds of conversations that people are going to embark on here this morning because we've got a lot of things in play here. And of course, first and foremost, we have the refs becoming the storyline instead of the players, which is never a good thing for the NFL. We also have a significant portion of uh, money now that is available and that the league is embracing when it comes to sports betting, which is all a good thing. But when you're going to profit millions upon millions upon millions of dollars from people wagering, the biggest threat that you have isn't concussions. The biggest threat you have is people questioning the integrity of the game where you are just choosing not to get the calls right when you can actually, yeah, get the calls right with a couple of just simple moves. And you've got people screaming on both sides, the sky is falling, and we all get that. But it does have to be addressed. And by the way, the owners are meeting this week. Uh, and I can promise you this uh, this conversation about what to do with the refs and how to go ahead and address these kinds of issues, it needs to be talked about because people this morning are bent out of shape that not one but two penalties that were clearly visibly not penalties hands to the face. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this isn't – it's not even a matter of it's a judgment call. We're not talking about pass interference. We're talking either hands to the face means – Your hands are either in his face or they're not in his face, not on the chest or on the shoulders, which is what they were. And that, I think, is the bigger problem because we can have the argument all day. What's pass interference? What's not? This is pretty cut and dry. The flags that were thrown were for penalties that really are cut and dry, Dan. You're either pushing the guy's face mask in his face 
or you're not. It's it's called hands to the face. It's not called hands to his upper body. And unfortunately, those two penalties allowed Aaron Rodgers and company extended their drives. And yep. it gave them the opportunity, of course, to come back, kick that winning field goal in the end. And that's going to, unfortunately for the NFL, once again, be the biggest topic of conversation. And you mentioned it. They were one for three in a red zone. They had to settle for field goals all night. But nobody's going to talk about that. Nobody's going to talk about any of the, any of those, uh, you know, the fact of how your stupid penalties throughout the game. Nobody's going to talk about any of those things with Detroit. They're going to talk about the refs, and that's a big problem for the NFL moving forward. It's always been, but I think it's going to get worse as more and more people begin to invest their money in the outcomes of these games. Yeah, and honestly, Joe, what I don't like is you you say the NFL is going to meet right this week anyway. And you said before that you like, you think the NFL, you know, listens and adjusts and is ahead of the curve in a way that maybe Major League Baseball is not. I kind of feel like I'm worried about some kind of reactionary move the same way that now after the NFC championship game in what I think is a reactionary move, they decide to make pass interference reviewable. And we mm-hmm. see what that is now causing this year. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think I fear a reactionary move. They may, they do have to address it on some level, but as I've said all the time, you can call holding on every play in the NFL. It's a subjective thing. You're right. The idea of hands to the face, if it was on their face mask or not, you know, is not a subjective thing. And there are some penalties that fall into that. I remember, Joe, and I'm sure you do as well, in the AFC championship game last year on a critical third down, they called an offsides on the Kansas City Chiefs. That's something you can check, right? There's a line, you know, you put down the first down line, you can see if he's over it there are some that are black and white there are some that are subjective I just don't know that you're ever going to be able to get it completely right unless like in Major League Baseball you go to robot umpires right the strike zone is still going to be up for interpretation and so I think it's very hard I do agree with you that with sports investing and with the technology that we have, it puts the refs in a bad spot because when you slow it frame by frame, you can see everything and what makes Booger McFarland be able to be like, that's absolutely wrong. You know, I can understand that from some angles and at real speed, it looks like he's putting his hands to his face. But it wasn't. It was to the shoulder. You know, I, what I think the league has to do is not make some reactionary rule, but come out and like maybe – educate people on their process a little bit more, you know, because mistakes are going to happen and the league just can't be reactionary all the time. To be honest, what the sports investors should be more upset with instead of the refs is Jamal Williams, who made a great football play and decide to sit down on the two yard line that changed the damn fortunes of sports investors, maybe even more than the rest, because that touchdown would have been an over would have had the Packers cover. And like, that's the tour ticket or the game of inches to me, Joe, you know what I mean? Like this stuff is going to happen. The league has to get in front of it from a definition, a clarity and a communication standpoint, because these subjective rules, it's, it's going to happen. There's only so many times more, I think that you are going to be able to tell the consumer of your product that, oops, this is how it happens and continue to be wrong about it. And I think that's the problem with the NFL reactionary. Yeah, because this is going to continue to be a problem. And the more times 
consumers eventually are just going to be like, I'm not going to, if this was a restaurant, they're not coming back to eat next time. If this was any other business, they probably would be like after a certain time going, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is just a ridiculous We're we're having the same conversations about the same crap and you refuse to do anything about it. And the answer is very simple. You need a video replay official. You need somebody that is up in the uh, up in the booth that can simply pick up the fa- and and wire downstairs and go, yeah, no, guys, pick up the flag. It's not like right. in college. It, it will not take nine hours to be able to do that because everybody everybody in America saw within seconds of the flag being thrown in the call. Everybody saw that that no, that's not wrong. It would take no time at all for an official upstairs to call downstairs and be like, hey, guys, it it wasn't, you know, we get it. It's a fast-moving game, but no, pick it up. Let's go move on. It would take nothing for that to happen these days, and that's exactly what you have to try to explain to the consumer that, yeah, no, we don't want a ref upstairs that can utilize the same technology to get the call right. Not a subjective call, by the way. A call that's either it's hands in the face or it's not. It would take no time at all for him to have been able to call down and be or her and say, listen, pick up the flag, man. It's not. No, we're good to go. Let's go. And there's your answer. And, and it's been around now for years. People have been saying this once the technology got really good. There's no reason not to have that at this particular point. Isn't that what happens in college, Joe? Like coaches in college are not challenging plays, right? Correct. The refs just buzz down. To the other ref before they snap the ball or spot the ball. And not on everything, by the way. Not on everything. But, yes, there are some things that, yeah, they can call and be like, no, 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 pick it up, and it's good to go. And why would you want that in college and not have it in the NFL? Right, because here's the other thing, Joe. Like, (laughs) coaches are getting frustrated by the process of having to challenge, especially these pass interference ones, right? Because they're seeing it on the damn jumbotron. And and, and, and to be quite honest, some of these coaches are not – the smartest when it comes to the strategy of the challenge, if you want to know the truth. So maybe take it out of their hands. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and I don't think there's any reason why you can't have a, a another official in the booth that for that very play, and I'm not, uh, listen, I'm not a big proponent of make everything challengeable, which of course is Belichick and everyone. Right. That to me is the overreaction. But to have those cut and dry, clear as day evidence that wasn't hands to the face, to have a ref that can call down and say, pick up the flag, I'm okay with that. I don't I don't see why they wouldn't want to invest in that and see what they can get done. But a lot of people here today a little pissed off. We'll talk about the numbers. Oh, yeah, there was some baseball last night by one team. Talk- DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
Yeah, it doesn't help either, too, as uh, as we're scrolling around here on social media where you've got players and former players uh, on social media chiming in on what happened last night and the yeah, overwhelming was consensus. Up in arms. Reggie Bush, Barry Sanders, Clay Matthews. I mean, you go down the list. All of these guys have got something to say about this, even current players as well as retired greats. None of this is good for the product and for the NFL. Zero of it because perception becomes reality. And you have – this isn't a new issue. It's been around for a while. And every week we keep going, you know, well, it's it's part of the – it's fine. Let's go. We got to move on. We, we should have cut more touchdowns. We should have done this. We should have done that. But at some point, the consumer just goes, yeah, I'm done, guys. Like, I'm I'm done with this. And especially the betting consumer who you're right. I mean, you know, Jamal Williams there yesterday sitting down on the two-yard line a la Todd Gurley. We saw that happen. Um, was it the prudent play? Yes. Sure. It was absolutely, the correct football Because you play. didn't want – it wasn't like you were stopping Matt Stafford in that offense all game. So – uh, not many guys would be aware enough to be able to do that, so I give him credit. But at the same time, Aaron Jones, Jimmy Graham, they had touchdowns they dropped in the end zone that were, you know, there's a lot of plays you can go back. If you're holding a, you know, a Green Bay cover ticket, yeah, that wasn't the reason why they didn't cover. They didn't cover because, you know, Aaron Jones, uh, I don't know how the hell he dropped that pass in the first half. And then Jimmy Graham, another one in the end zone, like drop pass after drop pass. There's a lot that goes into it. But ultimately, from a betting perspective, guys, there's no one. There truly is no one single play that is going to affect the outcome. It is a collection of plays, drop passes, turnover. Any at any game day. And I don't care if you win the bet or you don't win the bet. I can promise you every game on Sunday we could go through and name at least four or five plays that shouldn't have happened, but of course happened, and we could make an argument either way that that's what won me to bet or that's what lost me to bet. We have that in every game. So while it sucks to be a part of that whole, you know, hashtag torn ticket, the truth is you just want that to even out at the end of the year where for as many of those as I had, I had, a, you know, I had a couple where, yeah, it worked out last night. Like we were on the under last night. So, yeah, so I'm laughing this morning, right. but I've already been on that other side where it's like, you got to be kidding me. But there's never any one single play. Jamal Williams, prudent play, did what was best for the team, but that is not why that game did not cover and did not go over the total. There were touchdown pass after touchdown pass dropped in that game. There's a lot of things that could have happened to change the outcome from a betting perspective. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that play and the Trey Flowers calls, because it was the last Mm -hmm. drive of the game, because the game was on the line in a one-possession game, that just magnifies it, right? Because Booger (laughs) McFarlane was going, you know, off his rocker, that magnifies it. But there are plays in every single game. Joe, it's like, you know, if you play around the golf, if you happen to have a putt lip out on you on 18, you're like, oh my God, that's what was the difference for me. But you forget about how you got a great bounce on the seventh hole to help you out, you know, that bounced one way out of the water instead of into the water. They happen throughout the entire 
uh, round of the entire yep. game, you know, so yes. they are just magnified. Yeah. I got an, I got a question for you, Joe. <laughs> and I've said this a lot of times because, you know, the, ele- the, the, the elements of refereeing here and the human error part of it, I, I've never understood. And one of the parts that I'm on also is like, these refs are like 65-year-old men, and they're being asked to run down the sidelines and, like, keep up with Tyreek Hill. You know what I mean? They just can't do it. So here's what – have you heard about my platform of just putting chips into the ball? Just put a microchip into the damn football for things like right. spotting to see if, like, Kerryon Johnson crossed the plane to the goal line, for example. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you can't get a good camera angle on it, like when he reaches across and sure. for spotting the ball. I think you just put an actual chip inside the football. You know, so it says like where where it should be spotted. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I think they need to do it, Joe, in the um in the noses of horses as yep. well. If they have the eye for tennis, right? Why can't they do some kind of electronic thing uh, in other sports as well in football? I know it wouldn't change some of the subjective call, some of the calls you're talking about. Right. But there's ways they could address this. And and again, I don't think the answer is make everything reviewable in every way, shape, or form. But I do think that. There are opportunities in a game where, you know, not subjective, but just, you know, what is he offsides? Was he offsides? Did, you know, did, is there a, uh, is there a hands to the face or not a hand? Is it a helmet to helmet? Is it not? You know, these are the types of things that having somebody else utilizing the technology, having a video official could just simply go, guys, not the case, pick up the flag. Because listen, I don't blame the refs watching the, you know, 300 pound men driving, you know, 40, you know, running 40 miles an hour. And I, I get it, the speed of the game and the idea, I think, and this used to be the argument with Jimmy Jones, uh, Jimmy, um, um, yeah. uh, Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones, thank you, Jerry Jones in Dallas. This was always his big talking point was he loved the inaccuracies of the human element and the refs in the game, he right. thought, because good or bad, people are talking about it. It's Until good for Dez the league. Catch a ball. <laughs> right. But that, you know, that's all fine and dandy 20 years ago when you're trying to grow it to the billion dollar industry it is today. Now, there is no, you know, that's going to work against you if all people are talking about is negativity and the refs and how the game is. And now the gambling's involved. I can show you right now, there's got to be a dozen, and I haven't even scrolled down. There's a dozen tweets, okay, on Barry Sanders and others right below it that say and hint towards one thing. The refs are on the take. The game is fixed. That is the nail in the coffin, Dane. If you are, you know, you're looking to make all of this money from legalized sports betting and people are correlating the refs being atrocious to the game being fixed. That is an absolute nightmare for the NFL, for casinos, for books, for everything else. You can't have those two things correlated, Dane. It'll never work. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go to casino if the dice are weighted or if the right. blackjack deck is, yep. you know, stacked or something yep. like that. I'm just not, right? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Um, yep. You're right. And here's the funny part to me. Oh, we froze him up there. We'll get him in there. But you, you understand what I'm saying here, guys, right? You understand that if if that every time we're talking about a ref like last night, Monday night football, if the first reaction out of the first hundred people who comment about it, 99 of them are, 
check the refs' bank accounts. Uh, the refs are on the take. The game is fixed. Like all of that narrative, true or not, and let's face it, I don't think any of these refs are on the take, but the reality is that the perception becomes the reality. And that's the problem that we have with this when they won't get the calls right but have the ability to do it. 20-some-odd years ago, 25-some-odd years ago, no 4K, no HD. You know, replays weren't like they – I get it. Technology's advanced the game, but there is no reason in the world calls like last night should not have been able to be reviewed, overturned, and gotten right. Now, side note here too, guys. All right? The, the second hands-to-the-face penalty on Trey Flowers – if they don't call that, okay, Mason Crosby still has less than a 40-yard field goal in order to be able to uh, to put that game ahead. Now, granted, Detroit would have more time on the clock to be able to engineer a drive and go down, but it, it he still had a makeable field goal. It wasn't a, a penalty that drove them, you know, to a situation where he was at a field goal range and now he's in. No, I mean, there's a lot of other things to it, but to me... It's the perception of the call that is going to be problematic for the NFL. Every week on a Monday, on a Tuesday, we are talking about a call, a ref blue. And I get a lot of those calls center around, let's face it, they, they center around subjective call, pass interference. How did that not call? Listen, you just hope at the end of a game that you, it all evens itself out for Every flag on pass interference, offensive pass interference, you hope that you get it back somehow in another opportunity in another place. And that's the biggest problem is that there's when you have a call that can get right, you can absolutely clear cut evidence that that did not happen. There is no reason, no excuse, by the way, that you don't get the call right. Subjective calls out. There is no reason why you can't run to the video and go, ha-ha, there you go. It's, see, now pick up the flag, we're good to go. And I do think the million, billion-dollar business and industry of legalized gambling coexisting now with the NFL and every other sport, there is no excuse not to get. Because if I'm questioning the integrity of the game, guys, and I am doing it every week, I don't care what the business is. At some point, I'm going to throw my hands up in the air and go, I'm done. I'm not consuming it anymore. I'm the, if this was a restaurant and the food always consistently came out cold, why would I continue to go to that restaurant and order food when I know it's going to come out cold? And the same situation here. This thing is at its infancy. And while we've all been betting on sports since the beginning of time, the actual embracing of that ability, the embracing of these professional leagues with the, you know, getting out in front with sports books and, of course, with, uh, you know, with <laughs> with uh, with betters now where it's not in the shadows. It's out front. It's legal. It's here. Yeah. Now is even more important for you to make sure you get the calls right, because if you don't, guys, I'm questioning the integrity of the game and that's is the end of the game right there. So we'll get Dane back. We'll talk more about that. We'll look at these baseball games coming up today. All in an effort to make it rain next year on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. 
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, welcome back in here. Let's make it rain on sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri, Dane Martinez. Get him back here in just a minute. But uh, we've got some baseball here today, 4 o'clock. And uh, still trying to comprehend the whole members of the Major League uh, Baseball group there that sat in the room and said, you know, it'll be great is if we schedule the Yankees and the Astros at 4 o'clock so we can subject uh, the uh, community, the baseball-loving community, um, at 8 o'clock with a series that is pretty much already over with. And that's kind of exactly what we've got going on today as the Yankees will start it off at 4 o'clock. And, uh, and of course, we'll, you know, we'll have to watch. If you love celebrations, tonight is going to be a, uh, a great game for you to consume. If you like champagne and cork and you want to see Max Scherzer get drunk, listen, a wonderful evening for you guys here tonight. I happen to think that no matter what happens October 22nd when the World Series starts, I do think this series between the Yankees and the Astros, Dane, is going to deliver on a different level than probably anything we're going to get come World Series time with the Washington Nationals. I, I do think these guys, this is going to be a knockdown, drag them out fight. And Cole is going to be on the mound, Severino, Yankee Stadium, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I heard it's going to be mid-60s, not a lot of wind. Uh, it is going to be absolutely perfect for baseball. And I think it's going to be perfect for the baseball fan because the two best teams in the American League, the Astros and the Yankees, two heavyweights, that's exactly what this is going to be today, a heavyweight fight. And I can't wait to see how it unloads because I do think this is eventually on its way to seven games. Yeah, and Joe, listen, we've been talking about it for months that we think this is going to be like the proverbial main event of the baseball playoffs. And to be quite honest, so far it's delivering. When the NLCS, you're getting duds and it's kind of a one-sided affair. You know, the, the Cardinals have two runs in three games, for goodness sakes. And and this is a pivotal game in this series. Remember, the Yankees took home field advantage by quote-unquote stealing game one. And I got a stat for you, Joe. Um, in game three... When the series is tied 1-1, the whoever wins that game, I have as 38-15 and 15 for a 71% winning percentage. And that should make, unfortunately for me and other Yankees fans, the Houston Astros happy because they send Garrett Cole to the mound. And Garrett Cole is 18-0. Uh, and 0. In his last 24 starts, I think he's going to win the AL Cy Young Award. So to be quite honest, the way it's got to be for and, you know, Seve's look good. Also, it's going to be who can get to the bullpen first. But I agree. This is the main event. I just don't understand why it's happening at four o'clock instead of eight. Joe. <laughs> they just, less a little celebration tonight for the uh, Nationals, who, by the way, 
absolutely deserve it. Um, they have delivered on every front. They got it rolling in the Dodgers series. They pulled it out, and they've never stopped there. Howie Kendrick is Mr. October. Uh, there's one guy every year in the playoffs. He is that right. guy this year. Uh, hits three doubles again last night, drives in a whole bunch of runs. He continues to be the go-to guy to deliver the offense. That total last night, Dane, to me, was very interesting. Watching the market movement with that, which is, again, why it is so important. And we talk all the time, guys, about understanding the market and that sports investing is a market. And understanding where it starts, where it goes, what does it mean? Well, that game opened up at around seven, seven and a half in a lot of places. And it was bet down to six and a half. So, and I get it. I, I mean, it's you had Strasburg on the mound. You had Flaherty. But six and a half in a situation where a team like the Nationals in their own ballpark, um, their run production and their batting average and every other metric in the world uh, says they were going to score more runs than usual there at their home field as opposed to away. So you just kind of the value was in the over last night. And I know. And but again, it depends on what number you got. I mean, we talked about the first five. It was at three and a half. Then it was at three. Then the juice was getting crushed on on three. And it was like, what in the it's, you know, sometimes it got it just got so overboard with the under, 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 under. You just had to have the feeling that last night I wasn't worried about the Washington Nationals getting to Flaherty as much as I was concerned with. Can the Cardinals score enough runs to do their part? But as it turns out. You know, the kid's 23 years old, guys. He wasn't going to he wasn't going to be an invincible forever. The guy was the reason that they made it to where they are. But unfortunately, last night it was, you know, 23 on that stage at that moment. He's going to be really good in the future because of the way and what happened to him last night. I don't blame Flaherty at all. It's just you got to learn in that situation sometimes, Dane. Yeah, and listen, anybody who's blaming Flaherty is completely misplaced because the damn say. Remember, Joe, uh, about a month from now, when there are like a month ago, when there are like six teams within three mm-hmm. games of the playoffs, and we were all like, "Yo, the Cardinals are the hot team." Well, yep. Flaherty was like the best pitcher in the National League for the second half of the season. Okay, so if you're going to talk about Flaherty being an issue or a reason, then you got bigger fish to fry because you weren't going to be there if it wasn't right. for Jack Flaherty. No, it, it wasn't. And listen, the kid, <laughs> again, 23 years old. Right. I don't care. He could have thrown a one hitter. If you don't score any runs and the numbers, guys, are ridiculous. The left-handed hitters for the uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals are 0 for 37. That's a problem when yeah. your leadoff hitter is a switch hitter and Dexter Fowler. And then you've got Colton Wong, your number two hitter, is a left-handed pitcher. And you're facing righties, three of them in Strasburg, Sanchez, and and uh, Scherzer, and you don't have any hits. Your top two guys can't get on base. No wonder they've almost been no hit twice. The top of the order can't get on base. All they do is strike out. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's what we are seeing. But, I, again, I'm not putting it on the pitching. Yeah, he got hit up a little bit for no. fourth for runs. No. You know, I mean, they got a hit. Listen, you've got two runs in three games. There's literally been no-nos through seven for two of the three games. If you can't mm-hmm. score, you ain't going to win, period. Yeah, 
No, and that's exactly it. And they're not going to hit again tonight because they're not going to be able to turn this on and off. And they're going up against Patrick Corbin, Corbin. a lefty at home. And again, you you haven't hit righties. The righties in the lineup have been the best. They've only got 11, I think, for 102. They got like a 130 batting average. I don't care who you throw out there. And I don't think, you know, unfortunately, it puts this kid, Dakota Hudson, another rookie, in a tough spot because you're asking him to save your season. And to tell you the truth, I'm shocked the line is where it's at, Dane. I'm shocked they are Mm -hmm. only, what is it, minus 150 still? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, okay, because, you know, there's a narrative here, and I'm going to say a narrative. I understand it's not the numbers, right? There's a narrative here, though, Joe, where if Washington gets up 2 nothing in this game, right. where there's six innings of celebration and coronation happening in the ballpark, where the fans are going to go bonkers, you know yeah. what I mean? And so <laughs> I wonder, like, this could get away from them a little bit, right? Yeah. And it would take huge testicular fortitude to fight back if Washington gets up. So I ask you, Joe, what about Nationals on the run line tonight? Lay the run and a half, and then I get it at plus 135. What do you think? I, I Listen, Dane, it's it's a play that I've already I've already thrown a few bucks down really? on there okay. because I, I, can get I do plus think numbers. it's... Yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be over. I I I took them first. Five, I took them right. first five last night because I thought they'd be able to get to the kid Sooner than, of course, that uh, that the they'd be able to get to Strasburg. So I took him on a first five, and that's exactly what happened. They got him out by the fourth inning, and I think the same thing's going to happen here tonight. I it's going to take them a little while to get adjusted to Corbin, and they already have the numbers in the book on these hitters. So Corbin, he, he's one of the best. He's been one of the best all year long on this roster. He's a number one on any other team, on any other staff, Dane. And, you know, what is he, the number three pitcher here? It's, you know, it's been a nice season, Cardinals. Contract of the offseason. But, yeah, I, you were never a great hitting team this year. It's not like you just went cold. I mean, you did, but it wasn't like you were a 290 hitting team all year. You did it with defense. You did it with pitching, timely hits. But that, unfortunately, when you uh, when you go up against a Corbin, Scherzer, and Strat and Sanchez, you throw and in there. Sanchez no hits you apparently. Now the only thing I'm concerned with, if I'm a Nationals fan, Dane, is that if you remember, back in 2007, when the Red Sox ended up winning the World Series, they played the Colorado Rockies, who. When I tell you dismantled everybody in yeah, they three wild. games and four games, they waited 10 days before they had to play the World Series. And then all of a sudden they got swept by a Red Sox team who just kept playing. Um, I'd be a little concerned because the fact that you went five with the Dodgers, had a day off, and now steamrolling the Cardinals, you know this, man. Uh, you know, you're seeing it well, you're in this rhythm. All of a sudden, if you got to go five or six days without being in that situation, it's great for the arms, but yeah, not necessarily great. And we've seen it in the past. Not necessarily a great thing. I think guys would say, you know what? Give me a day or two off, but let's go. Let's let's not have to sit back and watch teams play and figure out who we're going to have to play. Yeah, no, I hear you. Remember, listen, the Yankees swept the Twins and then had to wait for Tampa and Houston to go five, right? But they then won game one. So, you know, you can pick and choose when that happens. And I know, obviously, if the ALCS goes seven, that's longer than going five in the previous round. So, you know, 
there could be something to that. But, you know, there's schools of thoughts, right? You want to get the rest, heal up, bumps and bruises, good for the arms, that sort of thing. So it's funny, like whatever would happen in game one of the World Series, if the Nats come out, uh, you know, looking like they're sleepwalking, then that's what we're going to say. If they come out like a house of fire, then we're going to say, oh, that rest did them good. You know what I mean? So, I yes, that's possible. But I think you can make that data say two different things if you need to. Six. So that would be seven days. So it's a week before the 22nd. Game one oh, yeah, is by a the specific, way, yeah. Major League Baseball actually changed the scheduling after that because, yeah, it was they weren't even they didn't even resemble the same team against the Red Sox that they were in the two previous rounds. And having 10 days is absurd, even if they were to sweep them like they they can tonight and most likely will. It's still only a seven day rest between the first game. It's not close to, you know, a week and a half like it was back in the uh, in 2007. So I, I do think that, yes, I can get healed, but at the same time, I definitely think it's going to affect some of the rhythm. These guys are in yeah. a rhythm right now. The pitching's in a rhythm. The defense mm-hmm. in a rhythm. These guys, Howie, listen, Howie Kendrick is, I don't care what you throw up at him, he seems to be able to go and hit it. But again, how many home runs did we have last night? One? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Cardano, the ball's flying less. But um, one you know, and, and and these guys, you're right. These guys are such creatures of habit, so in their routine that literally, oh. like outside of the All Star break, you know, they don't have an opportunity where they get three, four days off. So it can throw off rhythm, but you gotta figure they'll be in the cages, they'll be doing that stuff to try to stay uh, stay in the flow. So either way, it's gonna be on the 22nd in an American league ballpark is that, so they're going to be on the road regardless, yep. right? So they're Correct. going to be on the road regardless of what's going on. Yeah. It's that, uh, it's that anticipation that just eats away at you. You know what I mean? Trying to, trying to coordinate it. And it could be Yankees. It could be uh Houston, um, but they got to get through that series first. And then the other question mark comes Dane is how taxed will these pitching staffs be Advantage Washington. They finish it up now. The pitching, uh, advantage Washington. Like, big time. And I wonder what the look-ahead series prices will be for the Yankees versus the Astros with Washington Nationals. We'll see if we can dig those numbers up. Plus, I think we know where we're already playing this game tonight here. We'll make our our plays. We'll tell you where to cash it in, make it rain next. The Avalanche is going to look at it. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Yeah, not gonna lie, I do. Uh, I do, in fact, feel bad for the uh, for the gentleman that was holding a uh, five teamer uh, last night, and of course, it was with the Green Bay Packers covering uh, the uh, three and a half. Actually, he got it at four points. Uh, yeah, he would have closed out, made himself forty eight thousand 
dollars last night on that five teamer. But unfortunately, yep, Williams, uh, Jamal Williams there had uh, some other thoughts uh, about, you know, taking the percentages out and saying, you know what? They can't beat us if they can't get the ball back. Uh, prudent play. And in a uh, and I will say this and keep in mind, Dane, I, coming from somebody that actually cashed the ticket last night with the under. So, you know, right. I'd buy the guy a, a six pack of Schlitz. I got no problem with that. Uh, but in a day and age where we see so many boneheaded, you know, look at me, not in the right. best interest of the team plays. I got to give the guy credit, man. It was it was a chip shot for Crosby at home. Men, I don't know how many other guys would have dropped down like that and sealed the game because at that point, he sealed the fate of the Detroit Lions. There's no way they were winning that game. Well, unless Mason Crosby missed the extra point level field yeah, goal, but, but yes. No, I know. It's a chip shot. 23 yarder. You'll take that. You got to think so. Time. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and you know what's funny to me, Joe? You literally saw the gears in his brain turning live, yes. okay? Because the seas parted, and at first he's going. And then you see, you literally see him realize it and fall down, and then he starts laughing uh, when he's getting back up. Joe, not only did that mess with uh, sports investing, but that clearly messed with fantasy as well. If you're a Jamal Williams owner, if you own the Detroit Lions defense, for yeah. example, which is a viable uh, rosterable defense, it changed fortunes. And Joe, I bring it up because next week, I don't know if you've seen this, Joe, but you fa- we face off in our pit league. And uh, we'll have players on Monday Night Football, Jets and Patriots. So I wonder what we will be discussing at this point next week where we'll have, uh, you know, we'll have some specific matchups to see how it impacted us. Not only am, random uh, sports matters out there. I am fairly certain I uh, I boat raced uh, yet another member of yeah, the— Yeah, you got another uh, W, bro. Uh, I'm just saying I'm fairly certain there was a boat racing going on yeah. there. Don't know and you're lucky you catch me when I have a lot of buys next week. Uh, There's a lot of buy hey, next week. I'm serious. Game. Don't hate the player, dude. I'm I didn't make the schedule. No, it's true. Just catch me at a good part of the schedule. Let's talk to another undefeated uh, winless guy coming up. 